0: The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show.
1: It's Monday gun day with the gun guy.
0: Just watch out for the guns. They'll get. You. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show. It is Monday gun day here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez is in for Big Nige, and joining us in studio, 2A Attorney,
1: Firearms Instructor Guy Relford. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor, uh, that is Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the uh, largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms uh, in all of Indy and the area. And PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street or premierarms.com.
0: So do you think tonight we will see an appearance from one Diamond Joe Hawk set at the City County Council meeting where his wish list of gun control is going to be voted on? most likely pass through because of all the seals that are the Democrats clapping and going along with it. What do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this whole proposal is based on his opportunity to show up. You know, he showed up at the hearing that I was at at the public safety uh, committee um, and made his speech and got a standing ovation and had his mic drop moment and and uh, and, you know, got to walk out and be a tough guy. He's He wants to do exactly the same thing because this is all about showboating. And, and grandstanding for the voters has nothing to do with policy. It has nothing to do with making anybody safer, because as we've been talking about since it was introduced, it can't have any legal effect unless Indiana law changes, which I don't expect to happen in my lifetime. So it's all about grandstanding. It's all about posturing. And he's not going to pass up an opportunity to do that.
0: We talk about this a lot. Do people buy this? Like, is there somebody that's listening that might not understand a lot about indianapolis politics maybe they're scanning their radio and they're hearing this show for the very first time do people actually believe
1: joe hogsett could pass this crap through oh well i'll tell you right now the answer to that question again was being at that hearing because it was packed. It was a full room. I've never seen that hearing room, and I've been there several times. I've never seen it so full of people. And and it was 95%, 98% people backing Hogsett's proposal. He had the Moms Demand Action ladies with their red T-shirts and their sign, Stop Gun Violence. You know, And, and, and when Hogsett walked in and gave his speech, I mean, it was uh, loud. I mean, people cheered. People applauded. When I stood up and said, well, just so everybody understands, Indiana law prevents this going into effect. In fact, it's written explicitly where it can't go into effect until the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, which prohibits local regulation of firearms, is repealed or somehow rescinded by the courts, which I don't see happening either. So none of this has any effect. And by the way, let's say it did. What we're talking about here is you're proposing a fine because the city of Indianapolis can't put you in jail. All they can do is pass an ordinance. And if you violate an ordinance, all they can do is fine you. So, what they're proposing is to stop gun violence in Marion County, in Indianapolis. What they're proposing is that somebody who's on his way to murder his rival drug dealer. I'm going to go, this guy's on my territory. And that, I'm sorry, that a lot of our crime comes from exactly this scenario. Mugshot on mugshot this, violence. This dude's dealing on my corner. That's it. I'm driving by. I'm shooting him. I'm on my way. I'm not afraid of the death penalty. Right? I'm not afraid of 60 years in prison if I don't get death penalty. I'm not afraid of any of that. I'm not afraid of dying in a shootout with police or dying when when my intended victim pulls his own gun. None of that scares me, because I'm a badass criminal. And I'm on my way and suddenly I go, Hold on. <laughs> Joe Hogsett could find me. I could get a bill in the mail saying, you terrible person, you concealed carry a firearm. Or you, what, bought a gun when you weren't 21, a long gun. I mean, is, is anybody by this crap? But the answer to that question is, oh, yeah, that's the standing ovation he got in that hearing room. And I'm looking around, because those words are exactly what I said in that hearing room. And it was stone cold quiet. And when Hogsett came in, they still went crazy cheering for him logic facts mean nothing to these people
2: it's it's amazing because that's not the only example right with joe biden's student loan forgiveness they knew he could they they knew it meant nothing nancy pelosi said the same thing the president doesn't have this power all they needed was somebody else to say no to him which is what's going to happen when the state says no to hogsett and now hogsett acts like he's the good guy but in all reality he knew it was dead from the jump i just need you to turn me down so i can show up in november and say
0: i tried and he can get the headlines, because every TV station in the city tonight will say, Hogsett's gun plan passes. Yep. That's and right. they're going to think this is some sort of win, but oh, by the way, in the probably third or fourth paragraph, and there's no way in blue hell this is actually going to happen. Well,
1: that's right. And But Jerry's point is such a, a good one, and I'm really glad you brought that up, because, because what he gets to now say, and this is exactly as you're saying, and I'm agreeing, he gets to say, oh, the city of Indianapolis would do all these great things but for... The evil Republican-led General Assembly, who has this law that prevents us from passing this law, just exactly that's why your metaphor is such a good one. Just exactly like the, the Joe Biden can say, "Oh, I was going to help all you people out with your horrible burdensome debt, but the evil Supreme Court, right. you know, appointed, you know, by all these Republican presidents, has held me back to not allow me to do the right thing," and and blame it on someone else, even though going in. He never had a chance to accomplish what he said he was trying to accomplish. That's why it's so disingenuous, but it works. Subti- it works.
0: Substitute Supreme Court for Republican-led Indiana yes. State House. Yeah, it's the exact same argument. It's a great comparison. Guy Relford with us Monday Gun Day here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. A couple different stories I want to get your opinion on here. So this Colorado-based company, they yeah. claim they've got the first commercially available smart gun for sale. Yeah. And the way this works, if I'm reading this right, you must use fingerprint or scan your face for this
1: thing to work. Facial recognition, yeah. Um, Apparently, as I understand it, Jason, it's got some kind of a dock that the gun locks into, and to be able to remove the gun from that lock, you got to put your fingerprints into it, or it's got to recognize your face, with facial recognition technology, Um, like in the iPhones, I guess, that have now. And and they're saying, they were going to save lives, because nobody will be able to get your gun uh, out of this thing and be able to use it unless uh, it's already pre-programmed to say that you're an authorized user of that gun. And that all sounds great, right up until you remember. Because, And by the way, in the same press release I saw in the news story I saw, that you sent me actually, um, it said, yeah, this technology didn't exist a year or two ago, and now we're launching it, and it's going to be awesome. I'm remembering the first phones I had that took a fingerprint, and you know you you scan your fingerprint but you know you, you nothing worked. You, you scanned it and nothing happens and you scan it again oh no i look i got a little sweat or you know all right you know i got i got i got some mustard from my hot dog on my fingerprint right. and now it won't work you know and and even people with with iPhones I don't, I, I don't have an iphone but i see people you know holding it up to their face and taking it away and holding it up to their face and eventually it works some guys just broken into your home and he's got a double barrel shotgun pointed at your head and you're going yeah boy hold oh, my fingerprint works this time hold on for a second hold, let and me scan it and so you know none of that uh, makes any sense to me in the sense now there that, are some safes that do that right like safes yeah.
0: where the guns are in yeah. is this
1: kind of the same thing it it's the same idea yeah in fact and and to be honest and that technology has come a long way. In fact, I have a fingerprint-based safe um, that, uh, that that works fairly well. But what I don't want to see, even if I trusted the technology, which I'm still dubious about, because, I'm sorry, if it works 99% of the time, you know the Murphy factor is going to kick in, and and it's going to be that one time you need it. It's not going to work. That's why I don't necessarily trust it. But where this is going, and where you're already seeing groups like the Bloomberg uh, groups, and Moms Demand Action, and the Gifford the, the the Gifford Center, and the Brady Campaign, they're all looking at this. Go ah, what we really need now is a law to make this technology mandatory. We can't own a gun unless it's a smart gun technology equipped. Firearm, Because that's that's where this is going. That's what a lot of us are, are, are concerned about. And there have already been laws passed. I believe it was, don't quote me on this, I want to say New Jersey passed a law that said, as soon as smart gun technology is available, it has to be sold in gun stores mandatorily. you could. They go in and fine gun stores if they don't offer the technology. So New Jersey's already trying to mandate it as far as being available for sale. Now I worry about the next step, which is mandating the possession of them, and I don't trust that for a moment.
2: So I, so I guess I have a two-part question. Number one, you said it has to have anybody's information. You have to put it in yourself. Yes. Right? So it would be you, your spouse, and any adult children you may have that live at the house, correct? Because yeah, worst case yeah. scenario, it's just you and you're having an issue and nobody else in the house can get to the gun because it's only exactly. your facial exactly right. And your fingerprint,
1: right? Yeah, and, and we have instances all over the country where the 12-year-old grabbed the shotgun, right. you know, is a home invader. Defensive Dad's family. not home. Mom, you know, mom's asleep upstairs. So, yeah, you, you worry about those issues, too. And then I guess
2: the second part of it is, how long do you think our government lets you roll with fingerprints and facial recognition for your gun safe before there's a database that's used for people <laughs> that have this? In the spirit of security, we would like to just know...
0: Right, in the spirit of security being the key phrase there. Can
2: we also turn off your stuff when we feel like you shouldn't have it?
1: Uh, it And you know what? Those things are already happening. I mean, in, in the sense of, and I, you know, Jason knows I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, uh, but in terms of building databases and facial recognition databases, uh, that's already been established. Those things are going on. So you really want to provide that much more information that's then potentially accessible because who knows what happens to this once it goes into the system. Right. And I don't know if it's internet connected or any of that. I don't think so. I think it's probably more like a safe and that kind of thing, but it's stored. It's in there. Suddenly that gets made available? Yeah, I can see that definitely being a concern down the road as well.
0: Guy Relford joining us in studio. Guy, there's a lot of stuff on the docket at the Supreme Court, and a lot of it is about firearms. One of the things that Jerry and I were talking about earlier before the show was this one situation about domestic violence. Right. What are we looking at here?
1: Well this is a case that came out of Texas. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals actually oversees Texas, Louisiana and Mississippi. And what it uh, what this case said is that a person simply under a domestic violence order of protection. So this is not someone who's been convicted of a crime necessarily. Uh, it's just someone where uh, they're subject to a court order that's been obtained to say, hey, you can't harass someone, stalk them, etc. And, and, and these, are, these, these are an important tool, and I acknowledge the value of them. At the same time, you're talking about somebody losing a constitutional right that hasn't been convicted of any crime. And I have this case come up all the time. I have people call me and say, yeah, I just found out I I can't buy a gun. I can't even own a gun. And I'll go, well, what happened? They'll say, well, you know, I I have an ex, and, and we had kind of a bitter divorce or a bitter breakup. And so... They, this is uh, how
0: some places do red flag laws. Some yeah, well, states, right? Yeah.
1: Well, that's right. Red flag laws same thing. You can be deprived of your of your guns and your second amendment rights without having been convicted of a crime. But somebody will say, "Yeah, I go, you know, I got a notice in the mail that said she wanted me to stay away from her or he wanted me to stay away from him, and I didn't care. I didn't I, I didn't want to see him anymore, so I didn't even show up at the hearing. And they it, they they entered the order, now suddenly I find out I'm legally prohibited from possessing a gun." And so that's the issue. It's if you're simply so subject to a domestic violence order of protection, because federal law, and actually Indiana law, says the same thing. You can't own a gun if you're subject to one of these things. And this is not to minimize the problem with domestic violence. I mean, my mother has been the victim of domestic violence, not for my father, uh, thank God, but, 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 but otherwise. And so, I'm very empathetic, but that's the issue. It's not a great case, fact-wise, because the, the actual petitioner here uh, is, is, is not a good guy. He's had multiple shooting incidents he's had other legal problems he's clearly not the poster child you would want to take up on a supreme court case but with the precedent that we have in this new bruin versus new york state rifle and pistol association case that came down last week or excuse me last fall um there's a whole new standard for deciding these cases and they have to show there's a historical precedent going all the way back to the founding or even based on law that led to the founding of this country, and, and the writing of the Constitution. And, and, and since then, that there's been historical support for this kind of law. And they're not going to have that. That's why, the, that's why the petitioner won in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. That's why I fully expect him to win in the Supreme Court, because under the new standard announced just last fall by Bruin, um, by the Supreme Court in the Bruin case, um, I don't expect him to win this case. The only thing that makes me nervous is that is the party in this case that's representing that issue is not a guy you'd uh, necessarily want to bring home and introduce to mom.
0: Right. Got it. If anybody wants to continue this conversation or if they've got questions for you, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, on Twitter. It's a great way. I'm trying to build my Twitter following a little bit, so at Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, you're the best. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel
0: Show.